Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. What maybe new animals are present on this new earth? And these types of thoughts, please don't hold on to them as like dogmatic or like, you're not going to get up there and be like, well, James was wrong about this and this and this and this. Like, you're going to be floored, okay? You're going to be amazed. You won't even remember anything that I've ever said. I mean, that happens naturally on this planet anyways, right? So if you're like me, you won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. So everything you endure on this planet is worth it for what's to come, for what's to come. Your wildest imagination can't come up with all the glories and splendor of the New Jerusalem and time in God's presence that you're going to enjoy later. Pastor James is going to encourage you to stay strong in your faith while you're here on earth, because it's all going to be worth it someday to see your new home in heaven. All your suffering and heartaches are going to come to an end, and you'll have a joy that you've never experienced before when you're with God in your new home. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Revelation chapter 22, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. There's different things that I believe that God has really hardwired with inside of us, and I find it hard to believe that that is done away with when you die. I think that that's in there for a reason. I think the importance of using your gift now really is kind of like a practice for then. And that's why we should really come at it at that angle. I'm guilty of this as well. Churches are always guilty of this. We always need help, right? And so then you got to feel like you're guilting people into like, oh, no, look, you got a gift. You should use your gift. Maybe we should come at it from a different angle where it's like, look, you're going to be doing it forever. You might as well start now. Like, figure out what it is. Like, and then just start doing it. Just start putting it into practice. You don't know what your gifting is. That's a common thing. I don't know what my gift is. Well, you'll never know until you start trying out different things, right? The best way is through the process of elimination. And that's how I discovered I was not very good at some of these other things, okay? And I'm constantly working through that list, okay? That has not ended for me at all, coming up to like almost 20 years of like, 20 years of for sure walking with the Lord, but almost 20 years of ministry. It's just going to be amazing, this worshiping Him continually, forever. Will there be worship concerts? Of course there will be. And they will be led by the most skilled and amazing musicians and singers that are presently or have lived on this planet. They will carry that with them. That'll be amazing, those nights of worship. Awesome, for sure. But it's not all just that. It's not all just that. There's a coming into the city and a going out of the city, right? So you're not like trapped in a cube right? The gates are always open. You can come and go. Well, where are you going to? I'm going to explore this new earth because I've never seen anything like this. I want to go see what a new mountain looks like in the new earth. I'm going to follow this river wherever it goes. Like, I'm going to go snorkeling in this thing. Like, what lives in that river? Like, what maybe new animals are present on this new earth? And these types of thoughts, please don't hold on to them as like dogmatic or like, you're not going to get up there and be like, well, James was wrong about this and this and this and this. Like, you're going to be floored, okay? You're going to be amazed. You won't even remember anything that I've ever said. I mean, that happens naturally on this planet anyways, right? So if you're like me, you won't be disappointed. 
you will not be disappointed. So everything you endure on this planet is worth it for what's to come, for what's to come. It should stir up within us this desire, this passion to like, just go all out for him. What do you have to lose? What do we have to lose? Dignity? We don't have much of that anyways. Christians are not very dignified. At one point in time, pastors used to be looked up to. Now it's kind of like, oh, you're a pastor. Oh, interesting. Well, what do you plan on doing with the rest of your life? Like, what do you do the rest of the five days of the week? Because you only work like, what, two days, right? Like, that's always the thing. You only work on Sundays, right? I'm like, eh, no, not really. Um, so we're not worried about that. We're not worried about how people perceive us. We're not worried about any of that stuff. We are living for what's to come, and we want to take as many people with us as possible. Because you can't read through some of the stuff and not get fired up and be like, man, sweet. Lord, where's that button? Smash that rapture button. Let's do this now. But he's not. Not yet. Interesting. We're getting closer. How do I know that? Well, Israel just signed a big peace, deal, peace treaty. That's humongous. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, Tuesday they finalized this thing. I read up on this peace treaty. I read all the ins and outs of it. Because one of my pastor friends was like, holy cow, like this is a major prophetic kind of deal. Like, pay attention to this. So I looked into it. And uh, this new peace treaty in the wording and stuff has kind of opened up really prayer to happen at any holy site in the nation of Israel. That's major. Because there's one holy site where Jews could never pray at, and that's the Temple Mount. It was illegal. It was deemed illegal for them to go up there and pray. They could go up there, and they could walk around, okay? Um, but they could never stop. They couldn't pray. No prayer is happening on there. Well, that kind of changes with this new peace deal. So here's the thinking behind that. Well, that kind of opens up the door for there to be maybe a peaceful solution of like, well, so technically, we can build our temple on the Temple Mount right here, and it won't interfere with your holy site at all. And that is technically true. And there are a lot of people pushing for that, lots of people pushing for that right now. Instruments, I've told you guys this before, but all the instruments for the new temple have been made. They've all been made. I've seen them. Like, they will proudly show you, like, look, we made all the stuff. We got everything we need. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. So that should stir up that thing of like, oh, that's major, absolutely major. This peace deal that's going on over there right now, humongous concerning uh, history, not just past, but also the present and what will come about. It's amazing. You live in exciting times right now. In case you haven't discovered that, you live in really exciting times. So it's, I know it's easy to get distracted from all this other stuff, but there are a lot of things happening within the nation of Israel that we have to be paying attention to because it literally could be any moment. There is nothing standing in the way of the rapture, nothing, prophetically, nothing. Nothing has to happen. He can take us up at any moment in time, any. So it's exciting. That's cool. Um, but we're not there yet unless something changes in the next, like, 20 minutes. We're, we're not there yet. So let's press on. There's no need for uh, sun and all this good stuff is what this says. There, there's no night um, because the Lord's kind of glory will illuminate this entire place. That doesn't mean that there won't be a sun, that there won't be moon, that there won't be stars. I know there's different commentators would say, or even other planets. Um, some of the commentators I saw, and I tend to agree with them a little bit, is that just because they're not needed doesn't mean that they're not going to be there, okay? Because 
technically, we kind of are going back to a garden experience. When he made everything in the, the first garden, and you can read through it, Genesis chapter 1, after everything, he spoke light into existence. His thought, his conclusion was, it's good. Made the sun, the moon, the stars. It's good. Everything he made was good, okay? Um, so there is an idea that this new earth, uh, that you know, there may be some of these elements that are still there. Again, you're going to get there, and you're going to be like, where's the sun? You're not thinking that way, OK? Our sun is burning out right now. There's no denying it. It was meant. It's on a time clock. It's not meant to last forever, OK? It is burning out constantly. By every minute, it is losing fuel, quote unquote, OK? Um, scientists know this. This is factual. Um, and so we are heading towards you know, that thing ceasing to be needed here. Now, what would a new sun look like in a new earth that doesn't even need it? I have no idea. But I know that within this, it doesn't necessarily mean that there won't be celestial bodies that are out there, OK? That can fire up some imagination within your brain of like, hey, I'm just going to go fly over to this other planet and explore that thing. Well, sure. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how any of this stuff's going to work, OK? I'm very childlike within inside of here, OK? Um, so that's kind of what I think. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go take off and go explore other planets. Will I be able to do that? I don't know. I don't know. I won't be disappointed if I can't. I'll be pretty stoked if I can, OK? So it's one of those things where it's like, we just don't know. John doesn't give us many descriptive terms concerning this new place. So we'll just go with what he says, right? Says so the angel said to me, verse uh, 6, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires his prophets, has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. So in case you find this hard to believe, in case you're having this difficulty processing this, this angel is telling John, he's like, look, it's all going to happen. This is true. This is true. You can trust in this. Everything you've seen, everything that you've heard, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It will happen. So you can make little note of that. If you need that encouragement, having a really rough day, rough week, whatever it may be, you can go back to this little verse, chapter 22, verse 6, and just remember, like, no, he said it. It's going to happen. This day is coming. This day is coming. And you can count on him. You can count on his word. If you don't think that you can count on what he has said, then I would encourage you and challenge you at the same time to go back and do a study on prophecies, fulfilled prophecies. How many hundreds of prophecies have been fulfilled to the exact moment and time and all that good stuff? I mean, the odds are in your favor if you want to trust God and what he says, OK? Uh, he said this is going to happen. This will happen. It's not just pie in the sky, like, some sort of like, well, this will just make it easier, because right now when this was written, these guys, Christians, were suffering. And so this will make them just feel better as they finish out their life. This isn't what it's for, OK? John was given this revelation to communicate to us the fact that God cares about you, and that better days, yes, are coming, but that you can trust him, and that he knows. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. But he has something far greater prepared for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, write that famous verse, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I don't know. It was there. That doesn't just apply to this life. That carries on into what's to come. It's another beautiful thing about his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will stand forever. 
and all those promises and all that stuff, it's still there. Here's the reminder. Here's the good little switch for us. Verse 7, look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book, right? So here's Jesus proclaiming to John, he's like, I'm coming soon. And this isn't going to be the first time he says it. He actually says it a few more times in this chapter. And it's written in red there because it's the words of Jesus, okay? So he says, I'm coming back soon. I'm coming back soon. The word there soon is because some people would be like, well, you like said this like 2,000 years ago. So like, what is soon? Technically, the word kind of means in an instant. Like, I'm just going to show up. When I show up, boom, I'm there. It's happening. So it's kind of that thing of like, and two, we also know that, you know, for the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. So for him, it's only been like two days. He's like, well, it's only been a couple of days. And we're like, no, 2,000 years. Like, well, I know for me today, I'm very glad it's taken 2,000 years. Because I wouldn't be here if he showed up like the day after John saw this revelation, okay? So, but he's saying, I am coming quickly. I will be there real quick. In an instant, I'm going to show up. So what's the point? Be alert. Be aware. Be aware of what's happening. Be alert of your circumstances and what's happening within the world. Keep your eyes fixed on the skies, so to speak. Still on a mission for him, but we're constantly aware of the fact that he can come back at any moment, any moment, any moment, quickly. I'm coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. He says, look, don't just be readers of this word. Be doers of this word. Embrace what you've learned. Go back through Revelation and remove all the, you know, kind of ended times, wars, and demon locusts and all that stuff. But it's always good to go back and reread a book and put way more personal, practical application within the book. Like, okay, Lord, from this chapter, what can I learn from this chapter? What can I apply to my life from this chapter? And Revelation is rich with those things. And uh, the Lord has constantly been telling us through the book of Revelation, be ready, be ready, be faithful and be ready, be faithful and be ready, be faithful, be ready, constantly all throughout this book. So obey the words of this prophecy. You will be blessed. You'll be blessed just in reading this word uh, is what we started with, Okay, back in chapter 1. Verse 8 says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel. Here we go again. It's not the first time he's done this, Okay, But he's just so overwhelmed by what he's hearing, what he's seeing. He says, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no. Don't worship me. Like, knock it off. Like, why do I have to keep telling you this? Like, please, stop. This is embarrassing, Okay, Get up. You don't worship anybody but Jesus. That's it. You don't worship angels. They're not worthy of your worship. They're not. They're created, Okay. So we worship Jesus. And John's just overwhelmed. And I don't blame the guy. I mean, look at all that he just saw. He just walked through this whole thing. This is not like some like three, four, five-month little series that he went through. This is like a vision in like one day that he walked through. So at the end of it, he's probably just like overwhelmed by taking in so much stuff, so many sights and sounds. And he's just like falling on his feet or falling on his face, worshiping this angel. The angel properly corrects him, says, get up. You don't worship me. Um, 
He says, I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all those who obey what is written in this book. Worship God only. There you go. Good word. Worship God only. Who's the only one deserving of your worship? It's God. It's God. Okay, it's not your favorite sports team, whoever they may be. And I don't even know what sports are anymore because it's all like down the toilet as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't even know. It was nice to have football back on. That was kind of cool. Um, but it's none of that stuff. It's not another individual. It's not even angelic beings worship God only. Be doers of his word, not just hearers of his word, right? Uh, obey what is written in this book. Worship God only. Verse 10, then he instructed me, don't seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Well, that's weird. Um, uh, let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to live holy. Here's just the reminder for us. Hey, it's, it's right here. Like This time, this moment is like, it's right here. So, you know, the smart thing to do would be to make adjustments, would be to make adjustments, okay? Like within your life, like if you're a vile person, I would suggest barely stop being a vile person, right? You know, don't be harmful. Don't be all that that is goes along with that term there. Uh, those who are um, doing harm, continue to do harm. The sad reality of this is that people will read through this. There won't be any changes made to their lives. There's no response to the word. There's just not. It's like it has no effect on them at all. But what John is gathering or what he's, you know, kind of being communicated here to it is like, look, just the moment is now. It says right there, it's happening soon. It's happening quickly. It's on the doorstep, so to speak. It's like right there around the corner. The wise thing to do would be to, well, make some adjustments. Live as though it's going to happen any moment. Again, the sad reality is, and what we'll see in a second, is that, well, some people won't make any adjustments. They can read through this stuff and be like, eh, I think I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. It's like, well, that's not the point. The point is, take in the word, make some adjustments. Those who are righteous will continue to live righteously. Don't change in the other way. Don't go this side of things where you're like, well, hasn't happened yet, so I'm just going to kind of do what I want to do and all that stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. Just keep following the Lord. Those who are holy, continue to be holy. Like, it's happening. It's like, it's here. It's so close. He goes on to say um, this reminder. We're getting a lot of these in this last little portion here. But verse 12, it says, look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. To repay all the people according to their deeds. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Okay? So this is Jesus, again, just reminding us, like, I'm coming back quickly. I'm going to show up before you even realize. Boom, I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up. I'm bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. So that's just another good reminder for you and I um, that, well, he is keeping track. He's keeping track. So it's not like... Uh, point system or anything like that. But you do need to be serving the Lord, storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. Um, he's coming back, and he's bringing this stuff with him. He's the beginning and the end. That's the Alpha and the Omega, first and the last, beginning and the end. Uh, he has no beginning, essentially. I hope you understand that, right? But he's just saying, like, look, it's me, Jesus. 
Before you ever existed, I already was. Before any of this existed, I am, right? Like all this earth and all this stuff, he was very active within the formation and the creation of this planet. He's very active within the formation and creation of you as a human being. Um, and he's saying, look, I'm coming back and it's going to be quick. It's probably going to be quicker than what you realize. But this is who I am. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I'm the alpha and the omega. The Message Bible, which I appreciate this sometimes, of just how it words different things. Um, this is what this says here. I'm going to read the same passage, OK? It says, yes, I'm on my way. I'll be there soon. I'm bringing my payroll with me, and I'll pay all people in full for their life's work. I am A to Z, the first and the final, beginning and the conclusion. Goes on to say, as we'll see in the second two, he says, um, as I lost it, oh, where'd it go? This is a common problem for me. You guys know this. Right there. How blessed are those who wash their robes. The tree of life is theirs for good. They'll walk through the gates to the city, but outside for good are all filthy curs, sorcerers, fornicators, murderers, idolaters, all who love and live lies. OK, so not a whole lot different from the New Living Translation here, but I really appreciate how he frames that a little bit. But Jesus is like, look, I'm coming back. I got my checkbook with me, um, and I'll settle accounts when I get there. So that's kind of cool. Like, he's like, don't worry. You know, if you're worried about any of this stuff of like, man, I've been serving the Lord and all this stuff, what am I going to? Don't let that. Just serve the Lord faithfully. He knows how to reward those who are faithfully serving him. And when he shows up, he'll probably hook you up with some stuff that you just never even could have envisioned or imagined. The bottom line is not what you get. The bottom line of this whole thing, as as you're tracking through this chapter, is like, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's showing up. He's going to make things right. We already saw that from the previous chapter, chapter 19, chapter 20, when justice, when he brings back justice with him and all that good stuff. But there's a whole other side to this thing where he's like, look, stay faithful until the very end. And even when you think there's nothing left there, there's nothing, I mean, it's already been done. We're already in a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus is like, yeah, but you're going to continue to be blessed. Why? Not because you deserve it, not because you've earned it, but simply because Jesus is so good, and he's loving. And he's kind of wrapping up this letter as John's you know, receiving this word from the Lord himself and is going to communicate this to a church that really is going through a tremendous amount of suffering at this point in time. Okay, you, you're under a very oppressive emperor who hates Christians and doesn't mind killing Christians simply because they're Christians. It's kind of cool that he wraps this up with this word of encouragement to all of those people, but then it also applies directly to us 2,000 years later, where the Lord's like, look, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I'm going to finish this thing. I will finish what I started, and you'll be blessed. And you get blessed. You don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. But he's like, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to repay. I'm going to bring my reward. For all those who what? Who've stayed faithful, who just stayed faithful to them. It's incredible. This is the way I was taught to study the Bible. Um, you put yourself within the story. Just put yourself in the story. So in order for you to put yourself within this story, it is kind of going back to that time period to where it's like, imagine being a Christian during that time period where you don't know your family's going to get arrested for being Christians. You don't know. You walk out the door, you get arrested. Hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken. 
You've been listening to Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're so glad that you joined us as Pastor James teaches through the book of Revelation. Some days it may feel like the choices you make don't really matter in the long run, but the book of Revelation teaches us otherwise. There will come a day when the decisions you make today will impact your future. There will come a day when all that is evil will be cast away and the darkness will no longer have dominion. So take a moment and think about your life. Are you making decisions that are good and holy, or are you making decisions that will hinder your relationship with the Lord? If it's the latter, be encouraged. God doesn't leave or forsake. Seek Him and ask Him to help you overcome the darkness. He is faithful, and He has the power to restore you. If you'd like to listen to today's teaching again or hear more verse-by-verse messages from Pastor James, visit breadforthebroken.com and click on the Teachings tab. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to learn more about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel Galveston. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we'd love to have you visit. For directions and service times, just visit breadforthebroken.com. We'd love to hear from you too. So send us a quick note in the contact tab at breadforthebroken.com if you've been blessed by this program. There's still a lot to learn from the book of Revelation, but that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time for Bread for the Broken.